Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Good morning. (laughs) It's very interesting to prepare this sermon in particular. Usually, I actually kind of have fun preparing some sermons. I pray for guidance as I look over the readings for the day, the Old Testament, the Psalms, the Epistle, and the Gospel, and I try to discern what God wants me to deliver to y'all. It is my belief that the saving message of the Gospel of Jesus Christ should not change. It should be the same today as it was yesterday as it will be tomorrow. I am very much aware of what fate befalls me if I preach a different gospel than what Jesus preached 2,000 years ago. Something about a millstone. So I like to see what others have written or spoken about in the past. I read Basil the Great and St. John Chrysostom's writings and commentaries. Blessed Theophylact wrote about 1100, and he's worth going over. His body of work is huge. Lancelot Andrews is also a great source as an Anglican who knew both King James and Queen Elizabeth and helped guide those rulers. 20th century authors are also looked at, and he write, Nikolai Velomirovich, Nikolai Velomirovich wrote so much that he's described as a modern St. John Chrysostom. And he was in the first 50 years of the 20th century, so he dealt with some of the issues we're working with now. But this gospel passage is interesting when looked at in this historical context. Certain themes are usually found in the same passages throughout history. N.T. Wright does this very well where you can see he draws from Chrysostom, especially. Not all, not all, but more and more modern Christian writers, starting about 50 years ago, have problems with today's gospel passage. And this discomfort can be seen and felt in their writing. This issue seems to be that Christ in this passage seems unreasonable. Some of the writers in the past 50 years are uncomfortable with this issue of a Christ who seems unfriendly. Today's passage, along with Christ whipping the moneylenders out of the temple, are difficult for our modern ears to hear because we are used to being taught that Christ accepts everyone regardless of their sins or their actions. In fact, there's a theology discussion site on the Internet that showed two sermons given by clergy persons who serve in a church that's known for being very, very socially progressive, as our modern world understands the term. To explain today's gospel, these clergy persons came up with an explanation that Christ's humanity overpowered his divinity, or that Christ was trapped in his humanity at that moment in time. And that is why Christ calls the woman a dog. Either one of those explanations have huge theological problems, and the modern world has troubles understanding this passage. So let's get to it. 
it's in Matthew. And everyone here has heard me say that Matthew was written for a Jewish audience to help Jews understand that the Messiah has come. Today's gospel opens up with Jesus traveling to Tyre and Sidon. Both of those places are in modern Lebanon and were not part of the Roman province of Judea. Tyre, in fact, was the capital of the Roman province of Syrophoenicia. There were not many Jews in this part of the Roman Empire, certainly not as many as there were in Judea, near Jesus' home. Yet, there he was. While in this Syrophoenicia province, a woman from the area came to see Jesus. She is described as a Canaanite, which means she was not Jewish and therefore was a Gentile. As this woman walks closer to Jesus, she is loudly yelling, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. This woman is not Jewish, but she is begging for mercy from a person she has no connection to and does not know. She refers to Jesus as Lord. This event is in both Matthew and Mark, but Matthew has her saying something Mark does not have in Mark's account of the scene. The Canaanite woman calls Christ Son of David. Son of David is one of the Jewish titles for the Messiah. This woman has been given the gift of seeing Jesus and his role in the universe as he truly is, where there are many Jews who chose to ignore who he is at that time. This is a calling to Jews of Matthew's time to step forward in faith to believe that Jesus is the son of David. And what was Christ's response to this woman? Nothing. Nothing at all. No response. More than one commentator mentioned how this is devastating. This lack of a response is a foretaste, a warning of what may happen to many on the judgment day when they will call out, Lord, Lord, to Christ, and how these people will have to depart from him because he does not know who they are. They have no relationship with Christ. Well, this woman is so bothersome that Jesus' disciples ask him to send this woman away to make her depart from him and them. She is still nagging and begging him for mercy, and the disciples are tired of it. And when asking Jesus to send her away, his answer seems unfeeling. He says he was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And he is right. But the disciples do not know yet what they are about to learn. The woman realizes she has to do more than just shout for him. She catches up to Jesus and kneels in front of him. It is a sign of the complete humility that she has in front of Christ. And while kneeling, she says, Lord, help me. Now 
is the time Jesus talks to her. And he says, it is not right to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. Much has been said of Christ comparing this woman to a dog. What is not often understood is, at the time, Jews called everyone who was not Jewish, who was not one of the chosen people like them, a dog. Christ does not use this word anywhere else in this way. So why now? Perhaps because Christ knew, knows his disciples have called Gentiles in the past dogs. And he uses that word to show them not only that he knows what they say about their sisters and brothers in humanity, but also so the disciples can hear the artificial division made between people that is made by such words. And the woman says something in her humility that stands the test of time. She does not dispute being compared to a dog. No, her humility is such that she does not argue that point. She does not argue with the Lord. But instead, she says, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She calls herself a dog and elevates Christ above her by calling him master. And Jesus answers her, Great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And Christ then released this woman's daughter from the horror of being in the clutches of a demon. Christ, at the end of this account, is the Christ we believe we know, the Jesus we are familiar with. But at first, Jesus does not respond to this woman. And actually, Christ brings up that there is a divide between Christ and her. She is a dog and not one of the lost sheep. But how did she become a sheep when earlier she was a dog? First, she recognized that there was a problem in her life that cannot be solved by anything she could do or any other human could solve. So she sought help through the son of David, Jesus Christ. Then, in front of Christ, she is humble. She kneels. She demands nothing, but only begs for his help. And here, faith that Jesus Christ is the Messiah brings her from a state of having no relationship with Christ to being one of the sheep in his fold. Those whose bread shall be offered and given this bread of Christ both then and now and forever. And it is this process which gives our modern world such obstacles with this passage. The world has always provided an obstacle to the gospel because while Christ came to redeem the world, the world often distracts humanity from our mission of faith and of bringing the world to God. But events in our modern world seem even more in crisis nowadays in attacking the church and the teachings of Christianity. Actions that were sins throughout all of Christian history are now considered valid alternate life choices and are applauded. 
In fact, people are told to now take pride in their sins, to define themselves by their sin and be proud. There are pride movements and pride parades telling people to embrace their sins and not fight against them, sins that divert a person from forming a relationship with God. Pride, the focus and mantra of our modern age, the opposite of humility. While the woman in this gospel recognized she had a problem that could not be solved by any human and that she needed Christ, our modern world tells us that there are no problems humanity cannot solve. The woman of the gospel in humility searches for Christ and puts herself at his mercy. The world of today tells us to take pride in our sins. The woman of the gospel has faith in Christ that saves her, making her one of the lost sheep. The world of today tells us to ignore the church, that nothing matters except this world and improving your place in it above all others. Those are the reasons the modern person has problems in hearing what this gospel is proclaiming, to grasp this meaning that the church is teaching and has taught for 2,000 years. A modern person will have to have the humility to accept that truth does not change. And that, my sisters and brothers in Christ, is my prayer, that we study the lesson taught us by this woman, whose name we do not know, who taught us that before saving faith comes, we must have the humility to accept that we must repent from our sins, which is the problem that keeps us apart from Christ that the way of Christ has not changed, that if we wish to follow him, we must do what Christ said. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him against all that the world tries to teach us to do. Amen.